Good morning, church. Good to see all of you. Kids, you are dismissed. If you're standing in the back, there's plenty of seats now. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles and something you can take notes with this morning. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in church. Thank you, worship team. Y'all are so awesome. Aren't you thankful for them? Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to be there for a while this morning. We're going to be a couple other places as well. It is good to be back up here personally for me. I am happy to be preaching again. It is good to see you from this angle. It's been a while and uh, I've been antsy. So here we are. But have you been encouraged by everybody who's been preaching over the last 11 weeks? So awesome. Thank you to everybody who did that. Such a blessing to all of us. And I didn't height check my thingy-majigger. What do you call this? There we go. Thing. It's a thing. All right, Hebrews chapter 13. So uh, if you haven't been around uh, church, I have not been preaching for quite a while. The last, I think it's been 11 weeks since Hebrews chapter 1. So however long that is, and it's good to be back. So I want to tell you a little bit about what some things I've been up to. Number one, I told you before, kind of in the middle of the summer, I was going to be traveling to see a few other churches in the Midwest, and we were able to make some space to just go hang out and build relationships with other churches, and that was amazing. We got to go to Detroit and see uh, two Antioch churches and one non-Antioch church up there. Uh, so the non-Antioch church is called uh, Comeback City. Friends Jake and Cassie Baird, many of you know them. So good to be with them. Got to preach at their church on Sunday. They're doing well. Their church is doing well. So cool. And they got to be with a couple different Antioch teams around the Detroit area. And then a couple weeks ago was in Chicago area, was in, in downtown Chicago with a friend um, who leads a church there in Chicago. Just great, great friends. Um, got connected to them through David Campbell. So that's a fun kind of loop-de-loop there. Um, so that was awesome to see them for about 24 hours, and then got to be with somebody that Heather and I know from Antioch, Waco in our college days. He helped plant an Antioch church in North Carolina after college, moved back to Chicagoland area where he's from, and in January just became the lead pastor of the church he grew up in. So that's fun transition and got to preach at their church and see him. Haven't seen him in a long time. So just so cool. And uh, thank you to everybody who gave for that. They didn't, they didn't have to pay for anything for us to come hang out, which is awesome. And everybody that I left made a point to say to me, please tell your church thank you for making space for you to come and making it so easy for you to come. It was such an encouraging time. One of my big takeaways, which may not sound big, but one of my big takeaways from doing that was I think God really likes it when we hang out with each other and just make that space. There was no agenda or anything. It was just so good to cultivate relationship together. So that was really, really fun. The other thing I've been up to is normal church leadership stuff. No, I haven't been on sabbatical or sick or not doing well or anything like that. Still been involved in church. One of those things is, like Sam just talked about, Kingdom Conference coming up this week. Really want to see you there for as much as you can. Um, anybody who's been the last couple of years, it's just been a marking time for us as a church. I was talking with somebody last night who was just reflecting, saying, man, Kingdom Conference last year was a turning point in, in my life. The Lord met me powerfully, and that is going to happen. The prayer that God has given us for Kingdom Conference this year is, speak, Lord, I'm listening. 
I encourage you, if you haven't already, start praying that prayer throughout your days and build faith and expectation for what on earth that means. I don't know what it means, but God knows what he wants to speak to you. And it's going to be good, and we all need it. Um, Bonus things going on, Kingdom Conference. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to. Uh, Youth, you get Joe Ewan next Sunday night to yourselves. So that's going to be awesome, 4.30 to 6.30. And then Monday night, the uh, for kind of young adults slash just not married crowd, Monday night after Kingdom Conference, Ascend, 6 to 8 p.m. We are inviting you to come, and we're talking about dating. And what does that look like around here? So come. Don't be afraid to get dressed up. There's going to be coffee and pastries. We're going to have a good time. We're going to be talking about how do we, how do you, what does it mean to translate, kind of build the home stuff we've been talking about this year into our dating culture here as a church so that we can do that well and in a healthy way. Praise the Lord. Anybody who's ever dated anybody thought, oh, praise God, we need to do that well. Last thing I've been up to is I am working on writing Build the Home into a book, and that has been really hard. So I learned that it was, I thought I was going to get it done in this little time, and turned out that was a stupid, audacious (laughs) idea. Uh, I've never done anything like that before, so it's very difficult. And the reason I'm telling you is now that I've said it, I have to finish it. So one of these days, it will be done. Praise the Lord. So we're going to get there. All right, we are wrapping up our Who is Jesus series that we have been doing chapter by chapter through Hebrews with chapter 13. Would you stand for the reading of the word of God? Hebrews chapter 13, we're reading verses 20 and 21, and then we're going to read a bunch of stuff later. So if two verses isn't enough for you, we'll get you later on the, the back end of the message. Hebrews 13, verses 20 through 21. Now, may the God of peace, who brought you again from the dead. Ah, that's not what it says. Now, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's how you end a letter. I want to end our series with a message. Who is Jesus? The great shepherd. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you that you are the great shepherd, and we're asking that you would pour out the Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of you, that we might know you more this morning. Pray that you would build us up in the unity of the Holy Spirit and the bond of peace as we're gathered here this morning. We pray that we would make you more our target audience of our own lives and of everything we do. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, train us, encourage us, rebuke us, perfect us according to your good word. For your good work, Lord, we come with expectation to your word. We pray that we would come humbly to your word, ready to hear and receive. Everywhere that we are hungry this morning, would you satisfy and feed us? Everywhere that we are not hungry, would you, by your grace, make us hungry? We turn ourselves towards you again this morning. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Yesterday was a beautiful day, was it not? Beautiful Saturday. We were hanging out as a family in my front yard. Uh, I like to go camping, and I didn't know what else to do yesterday, so I set up our camping stuff, and we were kind of doing a picnic out in our front yard. And one of the things that I love is my hammock that I take camping, and it's blessed by the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You love a good just nap in the hammock is like that just it hits like nothing else does. And it's nice, and I didn't get any time in it yesterday because my kids were going crazy jumping around in this thing. And I was sitting there watching them roughhouse in my precious camping hammock. And uh, I turned to my wife and I was like, man, you know, I, I love my kids and I enjoy them so much. And sometimes they stress me out. Like, this is stressing me out right now, what they're doing. And she turned to me and she's like, that's because you get stressed out easily. I was like, oh, Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things I was kind of like, ouch, that's not what I was expecting, but that's totally true. <laughs> you are so right. Why, why am I stressed out right now? And uh, I was, you know, she's so sweet, and she knows how to hit it right on the head. <laughs> Have you, has anybody ever told you something that kind of offended you, and then you realized it was true? <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, that's rude, but dang it, you're right. <laughs> you know, whether you like it or not, sometimes you need to hear some things that are true, even if they're not comfortable to hear. Because, uh, you know, one, once you're told the truth, then you can um, address it, right? If there's a shortcoming, if there's something that you need to know, you need to know something is true so that, because once you know it's true, then it becomes helpful. At first, it might be offensive. First, it might be uncomfortable, but then it becomes helpful. Uh, things that start off uncomfortable, once you realize they're true, can actually become very comforting. They become informative and helpful. It was helpful for me to realize I'm stressing out for no reason. Isn't that the number one thing you need to know when you're stressing out? It's like, dude, chill. Like, ah, oh, shoot, you're right. I'm not even right. Okay, this isn't time for me to vent about me being stressed out easily. My point is, we need to be told things. We need to be told things that are true. Uh, sometimes you need to be told you're not good at something so that you don't hope to become a professional at it, right? You know, it's just, it's just not going to happen. You're, just, you're not going to be a professional athlete. You can play all day long, but just don't put all your eggs in that basket. It's just not going to happen. Or, uh, you know, you need to be told you're wrong so that you can know the truth and so that you can do something correctly or know what is right. It is offensive to hear, but this kind of truth can lead you forward. Throughout the Bible, God tells us that we are sheep. And if you think about that, that's really not encouraging. It is not encouraging to be called a sheep. If you've grown up in church, that's kind of normal. Like, yeah, we're sheep and Jesus, you know. All this stuff. It's like, hold on, but think, think about it for a second. It's not encouraging to be called a sheep, and it's actually pretty offensive if you know anything about sheep. They're dumb, they're clumsy, and they are helpless. And God says that's what we are. 
dumb, helpless, and clumsy. I thought God was loving, you know. (laughs) He would never say something rude like that, but he would say something true like that. (laughs) Do Do you ever eat or drink or do something that you know isn't good for the one body that you have? It's kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, we all do it, but like, if you think about it, it's kind of dumb that we do that. Did you uh, make the sunrise this morning? Did you make the rain fall in these last couple weeks? Did you have anything to do with the government not shutting down this weekend? <laughs> kind of helpless. Kind of helpless. Do you sometimes reserve saying the most hurtful things to the people that you love most in your life? Do you ever find yourself saying something rude to the person you love the most that you would not ever say to a stranger? Do you ever do things like that? It's kind of clumsy. It's kind of clumsy. Dumb, helpless, and clumsy. Are you offended yet? I am. But it's true. Now, you are so many other things, too. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are a man. You are a woman. You are a child of God. You are unique. You are special. All of that is absolutely true. But none of that cancels out the fact that you're also a sheep. All of these things are true at the same time. You are smart and industrious and you are athletic. You are made in the image of God. You are fantastic. And by nature, you are a sheep. And the sooner you accept that and embrace that, the better off you'll be. The worst thing a sheep can do for himself is think he isn't a sheep. A sheep is never in more danger than when he's thinking, I got this. If a sheep ever walks up to you and is like, hey, I've been thinking. Trust me. Run. That sheep's going to be dead very soon. Don't be near to that sheep. I know the shepherd said that, but hear me out. I know the shepherd said that, but I just feel like I, that is a sheep in danger. A sheep uh, actually survive, though. This is the crazy thing. Um, as helpless as they are, they, they can actually live pretty well, but they don't live well by trying to be stronger than they really are or smarter than they really are. They have no hope of survival in and of themselves, no matter how hard they try to care for themselves. They can't care for themselves because they cannot change their nature. See, part of being a sheep is that you are one. And you can't change it. A sheep can't change the fact that he's a sheep. And the sooner that the sheep embraces the fact that he is a sheep, 
that he cannot care for himself, that he cannot protect himself, that he cannot guide himself, the sooner he can thrive under the watch of a great shepherd. The original audience of the book of Hebrews, we've talked about them quite a bit over these last handful of weeks, but to remind you, they are uh, people who know the Old Testament thoroughly. And the Old Testament, God talks often about us being sheep. They, they would know this truth about themselves through the word of God. They know the Old Testament. They're not recent converts to Christianity. They're a people of faith. They, they are strong, but they have become weary. They are a weary people. They are tired. They are weary of the fact that Christ has not yet returned. They're weary from trying to stay spiritually awake in the white noise of the world and the culture and the flesh that they are living in. They are weary of paying the cultural cost that came with being loyal to Jesus. At the time of them receiving this letter, they have already begun to have to pay the cost of public harassment, property confiscations, societal shame, and even imprisonment for their faith and their faithfulness to Jesus. They are a people who are acutely aware of the reality that some of them will be killed for their faith. They have known those who have been killed, and they are aware that that is only becoming more and more near to them. They probably are not thinking on the front of the mind about the fact that they are sheep, but what we know about them is that they are having a very sheepish, sheepy experience. They are living a very sheepy reality. They are feeling lost. They're confused. They're scared because they are living in this world and they don't understand what is happening all around them. They can't make sense of it, they can't control it, and they don't know where it's headed. What's with all these bad guys? Why is there so much danger everywhere that I turn? Why is this journey so painful? Why is this so hard? Where are we going? What am I supposed to be doing? What's going on here? And the Sermon of Hebrews has taught them and reminded them of so much so far. They have been reminded of Jesus, called to remember Jesus. They've been told that Jesus is the Son, the Savior, the Prophet, the High Priest, the Judge, the Point, the perfect sacrifice, the promise. He is the hero of our story. And as the pastor concludes this letter to the Hebrews and as God speaks to us through his living word this morning, God is reminding us that Jesus is our great shepherd. He is our great shepherd. One thing that we talk about frequently around here, something that we've said since the beginning of our church is that when we get to know Jesus, that's when we begin to get to know who we are. When we begin to get to know Jesus, we begin to know who we are. The Bible is about God. 
right? You're not the main character. God is. The Bible is about God. The Bible is about God revealing himself to us. And in reading the Bible and in getting to know God, we get to know who we are. We learn about ourselves in the word of God because we learn of God. The Bible doesn't focus on telling us so much that we are sheep by focusing on telling us we're sheep. It instead focuses on revealing Jesus as our shepherd. That, that is more the main point. That's more what you will read about in the Bible. It doesn't describe in detail who you are as a sheep. But in the Bible, God does describe in detail who he is as the great shepherd. And in getting to know Jesus as our great shepherd, we begin to understand ourselves as his sheep. The point of the message this morning is not to focus on or offend you by telling you that you are sheep, but to learn who is Jesus? Who is the great shepherd? Because what I need in my life isn't just more revelation or understanding of who I am. I don't need to know more of myself as a sheep. What I really need is more of Jesus, the great shepherd. What you need as a sheep is to know your great shepherd. So who, who is the great shepherd? Who is Jesus, the great shepherd? There is so much that I could say about this, but it'd be better to just read the Bible. So that's what I'm going to do. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, I'm going to turn to it in my real Bible. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So Jesus describing the shepherd, and I love verse 6. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, if that's not a revelation of the good shepherd, I don't know what is right there. He's like telling us, this is who I am as the good shepherd. And they're like. <laughs> He's like, okay, let me try it from this angle. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and he flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay my life down for the sheep. Who is the great shepherd? He is Jesus. He he calls to us. This great shepherd calls out in his voice and we hear him. We hear his voice. We know his voice. We have an enemy who aims to steal, kill, and destroy us. But our great shepherd has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. Who is our great shepherd? Our great shepherd is our life. He is our life. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Your great shepherd is leading you. He's leading you in everything. He's leading you to the green pastures and the still waters that you need that will restore your soul. He is with you in the evil that you have to walk through. He is preparing a table before you when you are hungry and feel like you're in the famine. He anoints your head with oil when you feel like you're lost and destroyed and empty and have nothing to show for yourself. He makes your cup overflow when you have no strength to provide for yourself. He promises you goodness and mercy following you as you follow him all the days of your life. Your good shepherd, if you will just follow him, the promise that you inherit is that whatever the road looks like, whatever the green pastures or the still waters or the paths of righteousness or the valley of the shadow of death or the table surrounded by enemies, whatever all of that might look like, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The road may look different than you expected, but the destination is sure. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
If we will follow him, he will lead us into his house. Our great shepherd is our hope. Our great shepherd is our hope. Ezekiel 34, 1 through 15, the longest one yet. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God. Yikes. Surely, because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. He's wound up. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land. And on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down declares the Lord God I will seek them I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy I will feed them in justice this is your great shepherd He seeks the lost, brings back the strayed, binds up the injured, strengthens the weak, and destroys the oppressor. Our great shepherd is our justice. And learning that Jesus Christ is life 
and is hope and is justice. We learn about ourselves that we need life and hope and justice. The audience of Hebrews needed life and hope and justice. They were looking for life and hope and justice. You, my friends, need life, hope, and justice. You are looking for life, hope, and justice. And everything around you is promising you life, hope, and justice. Credit cards, bank accounts, leadership positions, next milestones in life. Social standing, recognition, safety, comfort, control, presidential candidates, podcasts, hosts, authors, all offering you life, hope, and justice. But none of them can deliver on their promises. Depending on the time and place and circumstance, any or all of the things that I listed could be wolves and bears and lions or green pastures and still waters. But they will never be your shepherd and you will never know what's what without listening to your shepherd. You are a sheep and you cannot change your nature. No matter how hard you try to be a shepherd, you'll always be a sheep. No matter how well you get to know the shepherd, you'll still be a sheep. No matter how much you trust yourself to be a shepherd, you're still a sheep. You should absolutely aim to learn and grow and mature, but no matter how much you learn and grow and mature, you'll never learn or grow or mature out of being a sheep. You'll just be a more learned sheep. <laughs> a more mature sheep, a growing sheep. You'll never be such a good sheep that you turn into the great shepherd and you don't have to. You just need to be a good sheep. And all good sheep do is follow a great shepherd. He is calling to you. Listen to him. He is leading you. Follow him. He is caring for you. Trust him. It's Kingdom Conference week, and we're praying this prayer. Speak, Lord. I'm listening. It's a sheepy prayer. It's the prayer of trust in a great shepherd. I want to encourage you this week. Embrace your sheepness. Just give in. It's already true. And listen for him to speak. Follow wherever he has to lead. Trust whatever he says. As we pray this prayer, speak, Lord, I'm listening. Set yourself to listen. Set yourself to follow. Set yourself to trust whatever your great shepherd has to say to you. Because whether you understand what he's doing or not, whether you prefer what he says or not, he is shepherding you. 
over these next seven days and over the rest of your life, Jesus may not always take you where you want to go. He may not always give you what you want. He may not do things the way that you would do them. And he may not tell you everything that you want to know. But Hebrews chapter 13 promises you that if you will listen to the great shepherd, if you will follow the great shepherd, if you will trust the great shepherd, he will equip you with everything good that you might do his will. And he will work in you that which is pleasing in his sight. And he will accomplish this through himself, Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand with me? I'm going to have our prayer team come on up and be available as we respond to the invitation of God this morning. Come to him and listen. Come to him and follow. Come to him and trust. Embrace the fact that you are a sheep and he is your great shepherd this morning. If you need prayer for anything, come on up and get it. Whatever the Lord is inviting you to, just follow him this morning. Lord, we turn ourselves towards you and we confess you as our great shepherd. We make our prayer as a community and as individuals right now, and especially this week. Speak, Lord. Speak, great shepherd, we are listening. We put down our walls. We lay down our preferences and opinions. And we come to you, the great shepherd. Speak, Lord. We're listening. Give us the faith and the strength to follow you. Open up our eyes to see you. Put us in awe of who you really are. And lead us in Jesus' name.